Let's pray. Gracious Lord, your presence with us each day is such a remarkable thing, such a gift. Your guidance and your direction in our lives is a marvelous testimony to your grace. May we celebrate and rejoice and bless you each day for that amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have you ever thought something was just totally unfair? Maybe someone got an award or there was some recognition of that individual or maybe you thought that you ought to have received something and nothing. And you just say, it's unfair. The first part of the year is always the uh, time for the Oscars. I think I better stand back here. I think I'm too close to the speaker. And every time Carol and I will watch a little bit of it, and maybe we've seen one of those films. But then I look and I say, how could they ever have chosen that one? Only six people have ever seen it, and yet they get the Oscar? That's so unfair. Or the, the student who is in school every day, they haven't missed a single day, they've done all their tests, all their assignments, everything is just perfect, and then there's this guy shows up maybe a third of the time, never does any assignments, just kind of lazes around in the back of the room, you know, and just kind of there. And at the end of the school year, you've got your cap and your gown and you're so happy and you walk across the stage, you've got all A's, everything. You're the salutatorian, the victor, you know, the valedictorian, you're everything. You've get your certificate, and you turn around right behind you. There's that guy. He didn't do a thing. And they hand him his certificate. And you go, it's just not fair. We can get that same idea out of our gospel reading for today. It's just not fair fair. As we followed along in that gospel reading, it's this fascinating story about an owner of a vineyard who his crop is, it's the best around. And it is at the peak of ripeness. It's just perfect. And today is the day that it has to be picked. So he goes out to the ready labor uh, place in wherever he's at, and he, at 6 a.m. in the morning, and he goes out and he pulls all these folks. He says, here, I'll pay you a day's wage. And they're going, oh, great, that'll be marvelous. 
I could use the money. So they go out. Three hours later, it's nine in the morning. And he says, oh man, I need more workers. This just isn't going to get done. So he goes back. There's a few more folks. Pulls them out. At noon, he does the same thing. At three in the afternoon, he goes out and pulls the workers that are there. And he says, come on, I will pay you, but I need you to work in the fields. And then at five in the afternoon, he goes out there. And there's still people there. He says, come on, I need your help. Come on out. And then at the end of the day, 6 p.m., he says to his foreman, foreman, all right, pay them their wages. So the folks that worked one hour from five to six, they come and the guy pays them a denarius, a day's wage. Well, the guys that came in at 6 a.m. are in the back of the line. And they're watching this. And they're watching how everything that's going on, all these groups of people, they're getting a denarius a day. So the ones who are there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., they work 12 hours. They work through the heat of the day. Everything, they come up, and they're feeling pretty good. I said, if... This vineyard owner is giving them a denarius. Boy, I can't wait to see what he gives me. I've been here all day. I've done all of this stuff. I've picked more grapes than any of those guys combined. I'm sure he's going to recognize the sacrifice that I made, and he's going to give me a bonus. And he holds out his hand and he gets the silver coin, a denarius. He goes, what? I was here all day. You're just giving me this one little coin? And I can imagine that the landowner said, well, what did I offer you? What did I say I was going to pay you? Well, yeah, denarius. It's just not fair. But I have to tell you, if that's all that this parable is about, we've missed a whole lot. Because look at verse 1. Matthew 20, verse 1. Starts out. For the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he tells them the parable. This whole thing is a nice story about a vineyard owner. And, you know, some have looked into this and they say, well, the vineyard owner must be God. And the workers, well, they must be the disciples. And the vineyard, well, that must be because Israel is often referred to as, uh, as a vineyard. Well, it must be Israel, and uh, they make all these nice little connections. But the main point 
that Jesus is getting across, not only here, but throughout a number of the chapters right around this, is that this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. In Matthew 19, the disciples are kind of arguing, and in chapter 20 and 21, they're arguing about who's the greatest. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? In fact, James and John even had their mom show up and say, Mom, you tell Jesus that we want these two spots. Or maybe it was the mom's own idea. I don't know. But they're all talking about who's going to be the greatest. Remember what Jesus does? Puts a child in front of them. And he says, this, in that humility, that's greatest. They are greatest in the kingdom of God. So Jesus comments in this parable, yeah, they tell us a little bit about fairness, and we'll look at that, but it's all about what goes on in the kingdom of heaven. What goes on in the kingdom of God? That was Jesus' message from the very beginning. And even before Jesus, John the Baptist said, when he came, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And shortly thereafter, Jesus as he was coming out of the water from his baptism, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Throughout Matthew's gospel, throughout Jesus' ministry, throughout this parable, even late in Jesus' life, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He knows he's going to die. But he's still telling them, look, this is what the kingdom of heaven is all about. This is why I have come, to bring everyone into the kingdom, to give everyone the reward, if you will. It's not just because you worked all day, or it's not just, and I'm not pointing at anyone, so please, you know, I'm not referring. It's not you super Christians over here that are going to get into the kingdom of God. Just you. Or maybe some that, well, you know, I, I haven't been quite that way, but I've been pretty good. It's not just them. But remember all the way back to Genesis, when God called Abraham and he said, you will be, and then through Isaiah, says, you will be a light to the nations. Jesus is coming to be a light to the nations, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles as well. And so for these people who are hearing this parable, they're going, oh, no, you can't mean those Gentiles over there too. Those ones that herd pigs and maybe even eat pigs, they're going to get into the kingdom of heaven too? And Jesus says, that's right. Now, we'll take a step back. Is there unfairness in this parable? Yeah. 
Is it fair to Jesus that he comes, that he's got to die on the cross to forgive our sin? It costs Jesus his life that we might enter into the kingdom of heaven and that we might live in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God right now. And then when we stand face to face with Jesus, we're going to say, wow, this is amazing. But it had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with Jesus. Kingdom of heaven is not fair because we don't deserve it. It's not based on how good we are, but solely upon God's love for us. And that's how he looks at all of creation. Jesus weeps when he realizes there are those who are just walking away. How many times, I don't know, I don't have the exact answer to this, so, but I'm going to ask you anyway. How many times did Jesus talk with the Pharisees and talk with the Sadducees and ate supper with them, and tax collectors. He and, and, you know, women who had been caught in adultery. Jesus was going to everyone. There was nothing about Peter and James and John and Andrew and all of the disciples that made them so special that Jesus would say, I'm going to choose you. You're going to come work in my kingdom. You're going to work in the vineyard. He chose them, just as he's chosen every one of us. That's the fairness of God. There's three words, and maybe you've heard this before. I don't think I've used this here, but if I have, forgive me. There's three words in the scriptures that are just phenomenal. And we, we use these words in, in almost our everyday life. But when we look at them in connection with Jesus, they are so much more significant. We know what the word justice is. You get what you deserve. Huh? Mercy. You don't get what you deserve. But this parable is all about grace. Getting what you don't deserve. And that's Jesus' gift to us. That's how we live. We live in the grace of God and we experience that grace of God always. And we pray for those who have never experienced the grace of God, who maybe look at God and say, ah, I'm just getting what I deserve. That's the justice of God. Or they may be pleading for mercy. Don't give me what I deserve. But we pray for them. Seek them out that they might experience 
the grace of God, getting what none of us deserve, life in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for that marvelous grace as we see it lived out and, um, and given to us through your Son, Jesus. In him, may we celebrate that grace, may we live in it, and may we share it with those around us as well, that they too might be in the kingdom of God. So we pray in your name. Amen.